We're going to read Matthew uh, chapter 2, verse 11. So it says, When they came into the house and saw Jesus, they were overcome. Falling to the ground at his feet, they worshipped him. They opened their treasure boxes full of gifts and presented him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then Matthew 12, 34 reads, Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Now Proverbs uh, chapter 4 verse 23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things, and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord... Search all hearts and examine, and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards, according to what their actions deserve. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. I have been crucified of Christ. It is no longer who I, who I, I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians chapter 5 verse 24. Those who belong to Christ have crucified their old nature with all that it loved and lusted for. If our lives are centered in the Spirit, let us be guided by the Spirit. Galatians chapter 6 verse 14 As for me, God forbid that I should boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in all the attractive things of the world was killed long ago, and the world's interest in me is also long dead. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14. But now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people, because you have not kept the Lord's command. And finally, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart. Praise God. I, I want to talk to you on the subject, uh, the treasure that God really wants. And we're going to be, we're going to be checking in on this subject probably about two, two or three other times during the year. I really believe that this sermon is one of the most important subject matters that we're going to hear this year in a sense that it's really going to determine where the Lord, what God can do in our lives this year because this year is the year of promise. Amen. This year is the year of promise and I'm really excited. I in the middle of a Tuesday afternoon prayer. As you know, uh, we have prayer every morning at 6 a.m. and 
Saturdays at 7 a.m. every morning. And then on Tuesday, we have an afternoon prayer from 1 to 2 and an evening prayer from uh, 7 o'clock to about 8.30ish. And during the afternoon prayer, uh, towards the end, I heard this woman sort of sort of uh, cry out and then just was weeping with joy. And she was saying that her husband got a big promotion on his job. And I was like, well, praise the Lord. And she said, you know, he'd been passed over so many times. But uh, this year, amen, he got the, the promotion. And I said, all right, God, we know we're on track for the year of promise. Now, any, any of you have been waiting on God for a long time for certain things? Amen. So we're going to really, so we want to prepare ourselves for the way of the Lord. And this sermon's going to be kind of like 3D interaction, so to speak, because I, I want it to be massaged in your spirit. I want it. I want images to be in your mind so that as you tr as you go throughout this year, you, you, you will do a self-checkup. Amen. You, I, I'm going to visit this from time to time, but you will do a self-checkup so that you will um, make sure that you're in the place to receive the promises of God and not delay those promises. I know Christmas is long well, gone pretty much. But what struck me is, again, when I was sharing on uh, the three wise men, or the wise men, not the three wise men, but the, the gifts that the wise men brought to Jesus, that they were willing to travel. Uh, the estimate they traveled is probably about 1,000 miles, and you, which is probably around uh, the distance walking from Cambridge to Atlanta, Georgia. Took them about uh, 30 to 40 days. And the question I would ask you, how far are you willing to travel to worship God? I'm not talking about traveling physically. I'm talking about traveling out of your comfort zone to give God what he wants. They offer three gifts to God. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Say it with me. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And what I was sharing uh, during the Christmas season is that there's three kinds of hearts that God wants. It's not multiple choice, meaning that if you don't have heart one, uh, then you know, try to get heart two. If you don't have heart two, get heart three. No, there's three kinds. In other words, he wants all three from us. The, the first heart he wants, and I'll just use this as an illustration, he wants, they brought gold. I was told this is the color rose gold. And he wants a heart of gold. What gold represents, gold is the gift that you give a king. Are you with me so far? And the most valuable gift you can give to God is a believing heart. He needs a believing heart. You could not even come to Christ if you didn't have a believing heart. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says that if we confess with our mouths and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ died, 
rose from the dead, thou shalt be saved. God needs a believing heart. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that God exists and that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God, therefore, if without faith, you, you cannot please God, then with faith, we please God. And so the scriptures say here in first Peter chapter seven, sorry, first Peter chapter one, verse seven, it says these trials show that your faith is genuine. One of the reasons why you may be going through what you're going through is that God wants to see if your faith is real. Anybody can trust God in good times. It's quiet in here. But sometimes God will put you through some situations to test what is in your heart. It is not that God does not know what's in your heart. It is many times we don't know what's in our heart. Have you ever gotten so angry that you even were surprised how angry you could get? Amen. I'm glad I'm in the right place. Turn your name and say, neighbor. He could be talking about you right now. <laughs> and, and, and what happens sometimes, you say, what is that in the scripture? God says in, in uh, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, he said, I put you through the wilderness. Are you with me? The wilderness, the wild earnest the the place where things are growing more and more wild the place where things are more and more out of your control i placed you there so that you could see what was in your heart i, I want you to see what's in your heart Sometimes we've been situations where God has put us in things where finances are out of control. Mm. To see what's in your heart. To see, will you really trust me? To see if you will stop tithing. Mm. To see what you will do illegally. I'm testing to see what's in your heart. I'm, I'm, I'm putting the squeeze on you. To, <clears throat> I'm causing you to get passed over for a promotion. And then the person who got the promotion for the job that you should have gotten, I'm going to now ask your boss are you with me? To ask you to train the person. Did you, did you get that? You're going to get passed over for a job you, de you deserve. And then I'm going to come around and make you train that person. Because I want to see what's in your heart. That happened to me. And the Lord said, let me, let me see what's in your heart. Let's see, will, will you be moody to that person? Would you be giving them the stink eye? 
that that's slang for the evil eye. How, how, how are you handling being passed over? I'm walking in miracles. <laughs> I want to see some of you are going through what you're going through because God wants you to know what's in your heart. He says it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far from precious, far more precious than mere gold. So when you when your faith remains strong through many trials, many trials, many trials, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed. He needs a believing heart. The next gift they brought was frankincense. Frankincense. The, the word frankincense is a, actually is a Greek word, and it means white. And the scripture says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. God needs a pure heart. God needs a clean heart. This word frank is a Latin word, and it means, it means genuine. It means gracious. It means generous. Are you genuine? Were people on your job or people in your neighborhood or people in your school, if they came in here now, would they be shocked to see you? In other words, are you genuine or, or have you compartmentalized your life so that in here you act churchy and out there you act another way? Do you, do you have language that you use in here that you don't use out there? Do you have language that you use out there? Tell your neighbor said, I hope he's not talking about you. <laughs> when God blesses you in here, you say, praise God, thank you, Jesus. When God blesses you out there, do you say, gee, things worked out okay? Are you ashamed of him out there? That means your heart's not genuine. We have this theme this year called faster. And I want you to repeat this because in going faster, uh, you can end up making a lot of mistakes. In going faster, you can end up offending people, Elder Nieder. I'm not saying that you, but you know, I'm talking, we're just talking. You can end up offending people unintentionally. 
And then next thing you know, folks ain't showing up to church. Folks found another church because they were offended. And you didn't even know you offended them. But this is something I want you to repeat after me. This is, this is, the, this is the new saying for the year. Give grace, Give grace. For, the race. for the race. Okay. Say that with me again. Give grace, Give grace. For, the race. for the race. In other words, I didn't say I need grace. We all need grace. But I'm talking about I need to give grace to people when they messed up and not attach motives to them that aren't real. And, and we as elders, we face this all the time. You know, um, Elder Roy's, you know, Elder Roy's, he's, hey, how you doing? And so the one time I go to, you can stand up, Elder Roy. I go to Elder Roy and he turns to someone else who called him and I'm like, oh. What's wrong with you? I went to Alderoy, and when I went to shake his hand, he just turned his back on me. Watch this. And then for a whole week, the devil has time to mess with your mind. Can I get a witness out there? And then before you know it, by next Sunday comes, Alderoy comes over, hey, how you doing? And Elder Roy's like, what did I do? As opposed to us just giving grace. This time when I get a, a, a bad service person, ooh, and I'm like, you know what? You're going to get a penny for, for, for a tip, just, just to let you know how I feel. I ain't worried about what your day was. You need to serve me right. And as opposed to giving grace. Turn and say, he's talking about you. I saw that tip the last time. He's talking about you. <laughs> See, it's easy to ask God for grace. But we're going to have to give each other grace as, as life is changing. So turn to the person next to you and say, my friend, please give me grace for the race. Turn to the other person and say, you first. <laughs> we we, we got we to learn how to give grace. We got to learn how to give grace. Pastor Chandler, who's going to be speaking here next Sunday, praise the Lord, uh, about, a year, about a year ago, he said there's going to be a baby boom, and everybody's having babies. I mean, Lord have mercy, all these, not everybody, but all these couples are having babies. And I'm quite sure, you know, it, it, they, they have had to learn how to, how to give grace. You don't lift up the child and say, why are you crying? Don't you know I have to go to work tomorrow? We got to give grace. And then the third heart is, uh, was myrrh. Myrrh. 
And, and myrrh in the scriptures represents, as you can see in the notes, suffering and death. Suffering and death. Myrrh was used as a spice to embalm dead bodies. Myrrh represents the crucified life. Represents the crucified life. The word crucified comes from two Latin words, uh, crux, C-R-U-X, which means cross, and figere, which means to fasten to the cross, to nail to the cross, to attach to the cross, to to pierce, to hang up on a cross, to post to the cross. And this is this this struck me as, as interesting and and I'm gonna let me come down here. Because when it comes to this this heart, and thank you for bearing with me. We have a heart of gold, which is a believing heart. We have a heart of frankincense, which is a pure heart, a generous heart, a genuine heart, a gracious heart. And then we have this, this heart, what we call a, a crucified heart, a, a, a crucified heart. Or, and, and when you think of the word heart, think of the word attitude, my attitude. And when you're talking about a crucified heart, uh, let me see if I can... Uh, let me borrow. Uh, can I borrow you, sir, just for a moment? Don't worry, it, it pays. And I, I wanted, let me see if I can do this. If you could hold this mic for a moment. What I'm doing, I'm attaching. So this is the crucified heart. In other words, crucify, figure, I'm, I'm attaching his heart to the cross. Are you watching this so far? So now what I want you to do, I want you to step over here and... I want you to I want you to shake that off. No, 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 you can't pull it off. Shake it off. Can't can't get it off, can you? Okay, can't get it off. Good. Um, so what a crucified heart, how crucified heart operates is that God is basically saying, I need your attitude to view life through my cross. I want you to have an attitude that feels about life the way I feel. I want you to have an attitude where, no, Jesus said, love your enemies. So as angry as I am, when it goes through the cross, my anger and my hatred for my enemy becomes love because it goes through the cross. I die to my own passions. 
I die to what I think and I submit them to him. He needs a crucified heart. Thank you, sir. There's a, oh, you're taking off Jesus? Only only kidding. God bless you. So I, so I was asking God, God, how, how do you crucify the flesh? Amen. How, how, how do you get to a place where this flesh is dead? I mean, the only time my flesh really, really feels dead is when I'm fasting. And even then, there's lust for food. So that's not, any, can I get a witness out there? Okay, okay, okay. So how do I, how do I, how do I become crucified to the flesh? Or as Paul said, how, how do I, he, he says, because of that cross, my interest in all the attractive things of the world was killed long ago, and the world's interest in me was also dead. How do I get to a place where my life, my heart is crucified? I'm reading a book that I will probably maybe go through during our consecration. It is written by a pastor, a Presbyterian pastor uh, in Washington, D.C. His church is going like crazy. Uh, he, he, he wrote a book called uh, The Circle Maker, if you've ever read it. But this particular book, it's called Making the Circle, a 40-Day Challenge to Prayer. And when I read this, I said, wow, God, thank you. That's it. And he says these words. He says, um, first of all, he says, the way you crucify or, or the way you, you begin to have the desires that God has is that, and he quoted this scripture, Psalm 37, verse 4, one of the first scriptures I memorized uh, uh, as, a, as, a, as a college student, says, uh, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And Pastor Bartison says this. He says, as you press into God's presence, old sinful desires die, and new holy desires are birthed in your spirit and in your heart. These single-cell desires ultimately become lifelong changes if we nurture them by staying in God's presence. So let me, let me uh, move quickly. I want to talk to you about three words. Delight, give, and desire. And hopefully this will help us and then we will pray. Delight, give, and desire. Delight. This word delight, and it gets back to this heart. Unlike this heart, this is gold. Unlike this heart, this is also kind of a hard heart, but it's pure. This heart is soft. This heart is pliable. This heart can absorb. Are you following me so far? And so this word delight, it is a Hebrew word that means to be soft to be pliable, to be delicate. Make your heart soft in the Lord. 
Make your heart delicate in the Lord. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, it says, Today, if you would hear his voice, don't harden your heart. What does that mean? Don't get a hard attitude. Soften your heart. Allow the Holy Spirit to give you a soft heart. And, and so when you're in the presence of the Lord, he's trying to make your heart pliable. How many of you have ever had, how many of you have ever, uh, you cooked something and it got stuck to the pan? Yeah. Amen. Okay, okay. Some of you are like, no, I, I cook perfectly. I never burn anything. It gets stuck to a pan, right? And, and what do you do? You, you try to s- soak it in hot water, but you don't just leave it. You don't just like put the hot water in and then, no, you, you soak it. And eventually, hopefully as you're soaking it, all the stuff that was stuck to the pan begins to drop off. And what God is saying is that if we would soak in his presence, our hearts become softened. Our hearts become tender. Our hearts become pliable. Our hearts become sensitive to the things of God. He says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. This word give, what what Pastor Botterson said was really blessed. He says, this word give means uh, one of the definitions, we'll go back to it later. It means to conceive. When you delight yourself in God, when you make yourself pliable in God's presence, he begins to conceive things in you, to birth things in your heart. Are you with me so far? Delight yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight, give, desires. This word desires, this is my last point, and then we're going to have a little more fun. This word delight, desires has three definitions. How many of you want your prayers answered all the time? Yeah. I, I, I now believe it's possible to have my prayers answered all the time. But you need to understand what kind of prayers you get answered all the time. He says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, make your heart delicate in the Lord, he will give you, he will birth in you desires of your heart. This word uh, desires means petitions. Are you following me? This word desire means the longing for's. This word desires means to expect. So if I delight myself in the Lord, he will give me what I am expecting. He will give me what I'm looking for. Now, here's a deep thing. If you desire, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the petitions of your heart. Are you with me? The petitions of your heart, ma'am. Let me ask you a question. What is your name? Indira. Indira? Okay. Is this your yes. this your your your, your phone? Yes. Okay. So this is the phone of Indira. This is the phone of Indira. This is the phone 
of Indira. The, re the reason why I'm repeating this is because repetition is the art of learning. This is the phone of Indira. This is the phone that belongs to Indira. The phone belongs to Indira. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires that should belong to your heart. He will give you the petitions that should belong to your heart. For so long, we looked at the word petition as if asking. But petition also means prayer. So if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you, Denver, the prayers you're supposed to pray. How many of you... When you were really in the presence of the Lord, you started asking God, you started praying for people that you said, how in the world did that person come across my mind? It's because you delighted and God dropped in your heart the people he wanted you to pray for. I just heard, I was just talking to somebody recently. And they were praying to God for a job. Watch this. God drops a prayer in their heart for a job. And God says, I'm going to do one better for you. I am going to give you a job, but I need, to, I need you to ask for something special in this job. Are you with me so far? They went before the Lord and God dropped in their hearts what they should ask for. So they asked for crazy stuff. And the, and the interviewer said, we'll give you all of that. Okay. Now this is deep. This is deep. We'll give you all of that. Then the interviewer basically says, I heard you're a Christian. Would you mind starting a Christian Bible study? on this job the person said I almost fell out the chair and I said to the person I believe God had that interviewer ask you that so that God can get the desire in your heart to pray because no one come on folks none of you all take a job saying God can I start a Bible study here can I come on, folks? But God dropped that in their heart through the interviewer because this person lives to delight in the Lord. That's why it's so important. And I know a lot of you young adults, uh, I, I see it in your face and, I'm, and I want to encourage you to press into it that when you're in the presence of the Lord, he starts conceiving things in your heart and you find yourself praying for things that you say, where did that come from? God said, it came from me because now unto him who was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can Ask or, so if you can't even think of what God has for you, he's got to get that thought to you somehow. This is my fly wife. I, I, always, I always wanted a redhead, so. 
She was not in my mind at all. And you're like, I know, she's like, what? <laughs> but I remember, I mean, we grew up in church. We, we grew up in church, so I've known her all her life. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. It was like one of those movies. I mean, I was spending time in the presence of God, seeking God. And one day, she was about 17. It was like my eyes were open. And it was like, where has she been? And I'm looking at her, I'm like, Lord, she is fine. And, and the Lord says, you need to stop praying for her because that's your wife. And I was like, whoo, Jesus. <laughs> but, but, and we, well, we're going on 34 years now. Praise the Lord. And you, can, you can return, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, where was I? Um, dumb, um, um, delight, yeah, delight. In the Lord, in the Lord, in the Lord. I, where, let me look at my notes. See, I shouldn't have called you up. <laughs> why do I, why, why do I all, all of a sudden want to go to this school? Why do I all of a sudden want to apply here? Why do all of a sudden I want to believe God for this? Why all of a sudden, years ago, we could see PT South with about 50 60 people in there, but God's all of, a, all of a sudden we're praying, bring people from the east, west, north, and south, and fill all these empty pews. Where did that come from? It came from being in the presence of God, and he drops petitions, the prayers that belong to your heart, because he says, I want to do far more than what you can think, so you got to spend time in my presence so I can download things into your heart, and out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. You're praying little prayers. Oh, God, I need a raise in Jesus' name. Oh, God, when I walk into Macy's, let there be a sale. Oh, God, I mean, look, look, there, there ain't nothing wrong with that. But God wants to do bigger stuff. He wants... He wants to do, you're, you're, you're praying for a raise and he wants to give you a company. You're praying for a girlfriend, he wants to give a wife. You're praying, you're praying for, for a house and he wants to give you a city. I mean, I mean, you're not going to get that unless you get in his presence and delight yourself in him and make your heart more pliable so that he can drop into your spirit his dreams for you, which are so much more bigger than your dreams. That's why you can't afford not to pray because you have the Bible. Mm, slap me fire right here. The Bible says eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It hasn't even entered into the where? 
the heart of man those things that God has prepared. Oh my God, have mercy. He has stuff prepared for you, but your heart can be so hard that he can't bring you to what he has set up for you. Because you can't even believe that God would want to do this through you. I am convinced, I am convinced that if I delight myself so much in the Lord, delight in him, just love to be in his presence. There's an old time song, and you know the song, Mom. And, 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 and those of us who grew up into old times, uh, Pentecost church, it, it, the song says, and, and they don't sing it anymore, Elder Anita. They don't sing the song anymore, so we're going to have to show them. You know, some of these, we have all these nice fancy songs. And uh, uh, Elder uh, Albert and Sister Jenny, you know the song. We, we grew up the song, Turn Your Eyes. Denver, you got such an old spirit anyways. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. That means his presence. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. There's a place where you can enter into God with the things of the world. It says, grow what? Strangely dim. Know why it says strangely? Because you're, you're, you're saying to yourself, I used to want this. I used to spend money on this. I would almost kill for this. And now I don't want it anymore. What's happened to me? Now my heart is for Jesus. I used to laugh at people who dance before the Lord. And now I can't sit down. What's wrong with me? I used to look at people and say, how many of you? I used to look at people and say, it don't take all that. Can I get a witness in here? And now how many of you are part of the it don't take all that? Now, now you're like, and, and, and people are looking at you like, who are you? How many of you, if, you've, if, if now, if, you're, if your friends you grew up with could see you now, they, be, they would say, who, who are you? My final illustration, because I, I, I tell you, the Lord is in this place. I am missing something. Oh, there it is. Great, 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 great. How many of you, who here does not drink soda at all? Don't drink soda. Okay, good. I, I'm, you don't, don't drink soda at all. Okay, um, next question. At one time, did you like soda? Loved it? Liked? Okay, okay. Do you like water? Love water? Okay, 
So, come up here. Anybody here love soda? There's nothing wrong with that. You love, love, love soda? Oh, uh, no, your, your children. Okay, I'm gonna. Okay, I'll, I'll get to you. Okay, you, you love soda? Okay, good. Okay, so. So. If I said to you, now you. Come on up. I said to you, hey, I want to give this to you. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. What would you say? Thanks, but no thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. Okay. How many of us are old enough to remember an old, an old jingle? It used to go like this. Things go better with cola. Things go better with Coke. Okay. Now, you millennials, you'll have to Google that. Huh? <laughs> yeah, she's like, how long ago was that? How long ago was that, Daddy? <laughs> but do you say, any, how many remember that jingle? Okay, okay. So help me again. Things go better with Coca-Cola. Things go better with Coca-Cola. It's the real thing. Anybody know that one? It's the and, 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 Okay, she's like, you're getting into my, like, decade. <laughs> but things kind of don't go better with Coke. Th things really go better with water. Are you following me? And, and so my point is, is that if I offered you this, you would say, huh. Oh. But I offer you water. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> okay. No, no, you can keep it. You can keep it. My, my, my point is this, is that when you're in the presence of God, you'll find that the thing that you used to like no longer appeals to you. And now all of a sudden, the thing that God wants for you you want that more. Amen. I know it sounds like there's just no way, but trust me, give God this test. Spend time in his presence, just 10 minutes in his presence every day for the next 30 days. And all of a sudden, you're going to find old desires start to grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you, he will, he will, oh, thank you, Shana. And you see that, the woman in the, what's up here? See this woman right here? Oh, Raise your hand, right. Raise your hand, right here. Yeah, 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 you, you, you. Give her the Coca-Cola. Okay. <laughs> Things will go better. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he will put the right desires in your heart. He will issue the right desires in your heart. He will deliver the right desires in your heart. Let everybody stand. He will designate. He will design the right desires for your heart. My goal this year is to make this place a place that so hosts
the presence of God. That even while we're worshiping, even while somebody's preaching the word, God will start downloading things in his heart that eyes have not seen, that ears have not heard. Just get into his presence. Hallelujah. Just get into his presence. You may say, Bishop, how do I get in his presence? The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people, which means if you go to Berkeley, you already got a head start because at least you can sing. But you don't only have to sing. The Bible says make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You don't need my signal to start worshiping him. I want, I want to, I want to soak in your presence. I, I want to soak in your presence. There's, there's, there's visions and concepts and ideas. Who can know the mind of God? I can if I get into his presence. I want to I want to die to my own desires. I want to die to my own plans. And I want your plans. Cuz you said you know the plans I have for you. Hallelujah Jesus. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord in here. I want to give you a crucified heart so that my worldview is through the cross. I want to be so close to you that the, the things that used to attract me no longer have their grip on me. I know it's hard to believe, Lord, but I, you can bring me to a place where I realize I don't need a boyfriend, I need you. I don't need a girlfriend, I need you. I don't need a big time job, I need you. I don't need the things of this world. I mean, they're nice, but I don't need them, I need you. I've been praying a whole lot of prayers through observation of my life, and you're saying that I delight in your presence drop into my heart the type of prayers that will catapult me into the destiny you have I am doing myself a disservice not spending time in your presence